Well, good morning, Thrive Church. We're glad that you are here this morning. I want to apologize for that little sound check there. Isn't it interesting? God has some interesting ways of getting our attention. So now that we have your attention, we're glad that you're connecting with us this morning. My name is Pastor Sheldon Miles. If you're new here or if you're watching online, we want to welcome all those in the 715. We're glad that you're connecting with us online this morning. Uh, but I want you to know it is really a, a great spirit that's in the house today and would welcome you to come at any time to join us here at Thrive Church. If you're kind of wondering what kind of church that we are today, we are kind of going through our, our values here, but we are a people-loving church. You see, God is in the people-loving business. And so we have just decided we're going to join God in the people-loving business. So can we just give a shout-out to all of our guests that are with us this morning? All those who are watching online, that's a shout-out to you. We are leading, we're joining God in his mission to lead people to become life-giving followers of Jesus. Do we have any life-giving followers of Jesus that are in the house all around this room? Glad that you are connecting with Jesus and our responsibility is to join with Jesus in that mission. And so that takes a thing called discipleship. Everybody say discipleship. And that's what we're doing here. We have just recently implemented a discipleship plan called Growth Track. And that and some of you, have you been through Growth Track already? Raise your hand. All right. Growth Track. And what this is, this is a new thing. I know you've, you've, you've had this new pastor that's been around for just over a year and a half now. And, uh, and so he brought with him this program called Growth Track. And this is what it does. Uh, first of all, it builds unity in the church. Builds unity in the church because what it does is it gets everybody on the same page. It gets everybody to understand our faith. One of the things that we go through in the growth track program is to teach people a simple way, first of all, to understand what salvation means, and then number two, how to share salvation with other people. And and, and it's just a powerful resource. But also what it does is is that it it creates an expectation for membership. Because a lot of people, they become members of a church and they ask the question, what what does this mean? What what is my responsibility? And and so that's what we teach. That's what we we talk about in that growth track. And so this is very important enough that we have decided that all staff members need to go through the growth track. Matter of fact, we upped it up a little bit more and we said, if you are a ministry leader, at Thrive Church, you need to go through the growth track. And we said, no, 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 no. We need to get everybody on the same page. So we said, if you serve, if you serve at Thrive Church, you need to go through the growth track. And we said, you know what? Let's just make this, we are gonna make this a requirement for membership. Now, I know some of you, you've been members of this church for years, and we, we're excited, we're glad that you've, you've invested into this church, but we've decided as a leadership team, as a board of this church, that we're gonna ask that everybody, every, if you are everybody, will you raise your hand? If you are somebody in the room, that makes you everybody in the room. We're saying if you wanna be a member of Thrive Church, if you wanna serve on the serve team, we need you to go through the growth track. And we're asking, we kind of made a deadline. We, we didn't make it a deadline, we made it a goal. Okay, what if you had this completed by the end of May? And so how, this is how this is set up. We've already had growth track trainings already, and we did some fast tracks, uh, and then I went through some Wednesday nights with people. But how this is gonna start at the beginning of the year, 
starting January 2nd, there are four sections to the growth track, and they're one hour long. So, so 101 is always going to be on the first Sunday of the month. 201 is always going to be on the second Sunday of the month. 301 is always going to be the third Sunday, 401, fourth Sunday. We're asking that you go through all four tracks. And if it's one of those deals like, well, I can't make it this month, well, you, all, you know that the next month you're going to have that week open that you can attend to. And so once again, I just wanted to, to, to clarify that with you. We are asking that you, if you want to be a member of Thrive Church, even if you've been a member for years, we're going to ask that you renew your membership by going through the growth track, and that will start the first Sunday of the year. And if you have questions about that, please reach out to me, pull me aside and say, can you go through that with me one more time? And uh, we, we want to help you with it. You can go online at thrive715.com and you will get, uh, uh, you'll understand how to get signed up for that. So Let's get right into the message this morning. You get so much more out of the message when you follow along in your sermon notes. I hope that you picked those up when you came in. And we've been on this sermon series, this Christmas sermon series. I hope that you've been blessed by it, called With Us. God, knowing that God is with us in this life, we've, we've established that fact. It gives us this thing called assurance. Not insurance, but assurance. It's assurance is just, I just know. I just know, and when you just know, you live a little bit differently based on what you know. And we know this, we talked about this, that you're not alone. You are not alone in this world. God will never leave you nor forsake you. We've established the fact that with God, when God is in a situation, all things are possible. We talked about that last week. And today I wanna talk about this, this idea that with God, when God is with us, He's with us in our challenges. He's in our challenges. So what is a challenge? Maybe you've never been through a challenge before. I don't believe you. But a challenge is this. It's a difficult obstacle or a circumstance. And it's in your life and it's just leaving you feel stuck. Are you, you're just feeling afraid to confront that issue. Anybody been through a challenge? Anybody going through a challenge right now? All of us have faced challenges. And sometimes it just seems like at Christmas time, you hear stories of big challenges that people face. And so maybe some of you are here today or watching online and your biggest challenge is your finances. Some of you, I've heard some people say, you know what, at Christmas time, my biggest challenge is getting together with family. <laughs> Trust me, Pastor, if you would come and visit my family, you would understand the challenge that is there. The, the, the pressure of trying to please everybody. Some of you, you just need to, like, it's okay. It's gonna be all right. You, you just, it's okay. Uh, the, the, some of you are facing a challenge of facing a loved one that you only see this time of year, and it's the same thing every year, this thing that happened years ago, there's been no forgiveness, there's been no, the, that pain is still there, and the challenge for you this Christmas is going to that event, that Christmas party, and facing that person. This past two, week, past two weeks here, I've, I've had some friends who have faced some difficult challenges, more like family members. I had a, a friend from, from De Pere who was on our worship team 
who had some intestinal issues and passed away this past week. A friend who grew up in high school on the worship team, another guy on the worship team, contacted COVID-19 and passed away completely unexpectedly. I just can't imagine those types of challenges that families are going through at this time of year. Some of you, the challenge of Christmas, or the challenge all throughout the year is is sharing your faith with somebody, or even just the challenge. By the way, our Christmas Eve service is this Friday at 5 p.m. We're gonna have a, a big hot chocolate bar for each and every person to come and, and, and partake in that, so we wanna encourage you to be here by 4.30. The doors are gonna be open, have pictures taken. It's gonna be a, a great celebration. But for some of you, the challenge is, is inviting somebody inviting somebody to come to a Christmas Eve service. You know, I was listening to this guy by the name of Andy Stanley. He's got a a great church and a real heart for evangelism. And he says, there are some times when you can recognize opportunities to invite somebody to church or even to a Christmas Eve service. He says, we just need to be listening. We need to be listening. He says, there are some knots that we need to be listening to. So when you're, when you're talking with somebody, and somebody says, you know, I'm not from here. That might be an opportunity for you to say, wow, I, I, I have this community, this, this church that I attend. I would love for you to come join us. That would be a perfect time for you to invite somebody. Somebody says that things are not going very well. And you can share with them again about the support and encouragement that you get from your faith community and invite them to join with you. Maybe that they can find answers for what they're going through. Or maybe, like my friends who are family of loved ones, they're saying, I was not ready for that. That thing that happened, I was not ready for that. And you can share with them your story of when you went through that circumstance in your life and how God was there for you. And so I I just encourage you, encourage, sometimes the invite, sometimes we rush to the invite, hey, I don't know your name and I don't know anything about you, but you come to my church. Sometimes what if we just listen and we listen for the knots and we listen for the opportunities because after all, we don't want them, we don't want to invite them to, to a church. We want them to know the Jesus we know, right? We want them to know that Jesus. So what does the Bible tell us about challenges? What is the Bible? When I I look into my Bible, I I see a, a bunch of themes that are in here about challenges. First of all, Jesus tells us this one passage, and I'm not a fan of it, all right? I think some of you would agree, but he says that in this world that you live and I live, you, you, you will go through challenges, and there are challenges that you will go through that you created, and then there's challenges that other people have created. But we do know this, that we will go through challenges. We also know this, the Apostle Paul tells us that these challenges, they have the ability to shape our character. Paul also tells us that these challenges, if we will allow them, they can make us stronger in our faith. Sometimes, Every, all I know is when I look through my Bible, I see that every single Bible character that did anything for God, they went through a challenge. 
They went through a challenge for great things to happen. So, so I, I just want to encourage you with that. And so as we read, we've been talking about Mary, Mary, the mother of Jesus, and we've been talking about how uh, the angel Gabriel came and talked to her and presented to her what was, hey, this is going to be a great thing, Mary, but it's going to be challenging. And he said to her in his prophecy in Matthew 1, and we've been looking at this the past few weeks, it says, he says, all of this occurred to fulfill the Lord's message through his prophet. He said, this prophecy, look, the virgin will conceive a child, and she will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. And then Gabriel looked at Mary and said, Mary, that's you. That's you. Can you imagine Mary you know, being excited and, and, then, and then starting to think about all the challenges that come with this responsibility? Think of the, the challenge. How is Joseph going to understand this? Um, this just doesn't make sense. Not all, and then, and then once, once it's Joseph, once he, he figures it out and understands, how am I going to face my family? What, what is my father going to say about this? And then, and then back in those days, I mean, it was a big deal. How, how am I going to face my community? Understanding what happened here. And so understand this, the angel didn't just come upon Mary, didn't just drop this, this challenge on her and say, okay, well, see you later here. But he leaves her with a word of encouragement. Verse 28, Gabriel appeared to her and said, greetings, favored woman. The Lord is with you. And I, I just, maybe we just close our eyes this morning and we just kind of squint let that be a message to you that the Holy Spirit speaks to you. Maybe you need to hear it this morning. That whatever challenge you are facing this morning, that God is with you. Would you just receive that message from God this morning? God is with you. God is with you. He, he did not leave you and he will not forsake you. God is with you. And so, the angel gave that message to Mary and said, Mary, you can trust this. You can believe this. You can put your faith in this and you can act upon this truth. God is not gonna forsake you. And again, as I read through my Bible, I see many other stories. And one of my favorite superhero stories is this guy, this superhero named Joshua. Joshua, I, I love Joshua's story. And so just as Joshua comes upon, God gives him this massive challenge in front of him. And just as God challenged and encouraged Mary, and you'll see this story that we look at this morning that God encouraged Joshua. Look what he says here in Joshua 1.6. God told Joshua, I said, Joshua, I want you to be strong and courageous because I want you to understand you are the one. You are the one. Maybe, maybe that's you this morning. Maybe that is your challenge. Maybe this morning you feel this incredible sense or maybe a calling on your life that God is saying, you are the one. I'm gonna do something in you so that I can do something through you because I'm calling you. You are the one. He said to Joshua, you are the one who will lead these people 
to possess all the land I swore to their ancestors that I would give to them. So what the, the situation here is, we know the story of Moses. And Moses led these people of the Israelites who had been in slavery to Egypt for over 400 years. And God chose Moses to lead these people out. And so it's happening. And God does, if you, again, if you look, at your, you look at your Bible, you see stories and miracles and victories. And you're like, no way. Only God could have done something, something like that. Incredible miracles. During this time, this young man by the name of Joshua is being mentored by Moses. And so he's just, everywhere Moses goes, Joshua goes, everything that, uh, that Moses does, uh, Joshua learns, and he, he's, he's with him during this time. And now it comes upon this, t- this part of the story where Moses is hitting retirement. It's a permanent retirement. And now God passes that mantle. Who's gonna lead the way? Who's, who's gonna finish the job of jo- Joshua? That's you. I pass this baton on to Joshua. Talk about a challenge, because this mission is not complete yet. And so he hands the reins off to him. Now, just imagine now, the, the, the baton has been handed to Joshua. Let, let's think about some of the challenges that he's facing in this, in this situation. First of all, he's following a great leader. When you follow, when, you, when there's a, t- a time of transition and you follow a great leader, it's never easy. Ask me how I know. It's never easy. What he needs to do is he needs to establish himself as the leader. So he needs to to build some some buy-in and he needs to build some connections with the people in this group. And now he has the responsibility of leading this people to complete the mission. What is the mission? God is leading these people out of slavery and he's leading him to this place called the promised land. But the only problem with this promised land is that number one, they have to cross this Jordan River that is in flood stage. Number two, then once they cross the Jordan River, I don't know how that's gonna happen. Now they have this massive city walls that they have to confront and they have to attack this city. And not only that, but in this city, there are these giant warriors how many, how many of you see the challenges that, that, that maybe I point out to you? He needed to trust that with God, this thing that God has called him to do, it is possible. So I want you to listen closely this morning because then God gives him some direction to confront his challenges. Listen to what he says here. One of my favorite verses in the entire Bible, it says this. God says to Joshua, he said, Joshua, this is my command. I just want you to just take note of that just just quickly here. God doesn't say to Joshua, hey, Joshua, this is my suggestion. Hey, Joshua, I have an idea. I have an idea. Maybe this will help. No, 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 no. He doesn't say that, right? What does he say? He says, this is my, this is my command. This is a directive. This is the direction. Joshua, I can hear you in your heart. How in the world am I gonna face this challenge? God says, I got, a dire- I got direction for you. For some of you, you need to hear that this morning. You are facing challenges and you have no idea what to do. God says, I got some direction for you this morning. Look at your neighbor and say, God's got some direction for you this morning. 
If you don't know where to go, God's got some direction for you. He said, this is what I want you to do. He goes, he goes I want you to be strong and I want you to be courageous. I do not want you to be afraid. I don't want you to be discouraged. And I want you to understand that the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. From God's direction to Joshua, we can get a sense for how to face our challenges this morning. I want to pick this passage apart and maybe help give you some direction just as God has given me direction for the challenges in my life. So you guys ready for that this morning? We're gonna God's direction for confronting our challenges. Here we go. Number one, when we are confronting our challenges, you need to be strong in your faith. Be strong in your faith. Joshua 1, 9. Be strong. Be strong. So some people are like, isn't that a little oversimplified? No, but when you understand what it means, it's, it's not always so simple. We need to be strong in our faith. You know what faith is? Let me give you my definition of faith. Faith is this. Faith is the belief that with God, all things are possible. It's, it's, it, we can have a knowledge of that, we can have, you're like, yeah, yeah, I believe that. But belief is like, no, I, I, really, I really believe that. I live my life according to that belief. That is faith to me, the belief that all things are possible. How many of you have ever met somebody with a strong faith before? Strong faith. I want to I give a shout out. Maybe my Aunt Esther is watching online. Lives in Baltimore, Maryland. She is a faith warrior. She is a prayer warrior. I, I, I'm telling you, you know where she's working her stuff right now? She's working it on Facebook. And, I, and she just tagging people left and right. I'm praying for you. I love you, but more importantly, Jesus loves you. I'm praying for you. I'm telling you, you got a prayer request. You give it to me, I'm gonna send it to my Aunt Esther. Or you make her your Facebook friend, you're covered. A woman of faith. And because of her faith, I'll tell you this, her faith comes from her love for Jesus. I've never met somebody who loves Jesus more than my Aunt Esther. And because of her love for Jesus, that's what compels her to love people. When you love Jesus, you cannot stop loving people. And just a side note, if you, one of your challenges is to be with loved ones who are not so lovely at Christmas time, you just spend some time loving on Jesus and he'll give you the strength to love people who are unlovely. But again, my aunt Esther, she's a life giver. She's full of faith because she has lived her life believing that with God, all things are possible and she has seen the impossible. Here's what we need to understand about faith. And, and here, here's what I, I just grasped. There's so many different angles that you can go with faith, all right? But this, this is something I, I really, uh, maybe a different angle. And, and we're gonna talk more about this in the month of January, but I really want you to grasp this. In order to be strong in your faith, and I think all Christ followers want to be strong in their faith. Raise your hand. You want to be strong in your faith, okay? Here you go. In order to be strong in your faith, you have to get strong in your faith. Does that make sense? In order to be, you need to spend time to get 
That makes sense. Years ago, I used to, I don't know why I did it. I honestly felt God call me. I ran 12 marathons. You don't just wake up one day and say, I'm going to run a marathon. You don't you just say, I'm going to run a marathon today. You don't do that unless you really want to go to the hospital. <laughs> you, you, you don't do that. In order to run a marathon, you've got to put yourself in position. You need to get yourself in shape to run a marathon. I think the same thing is with our faith. If you want to have strong faith, you need to put yourself in position for your faith to grow. The, the Apostle Paul got this. He tells us in Ephesians 6.10, he's talking to these young Christ followers. And he's, he's telling, he's like, okay, bottom line. Don't you love when people give you bottom line? Like, don't blow smoke. Give me the bottom line. And so the, in Ephesians 6.10, Paul says, listen, you need to be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. But in order to be strong, you need to get strong in the Lord. You, Paul understood that getting strong in your faith is your personal responsibility. It's your responsibility. In other words, you are growing what you're feeding yourself. What you're feeding yourself is what you're growing. I'll put it a different way. What you're feeding yourself is what you're growing. And so if you want your faith to grow, you need to feed your faith. That makes sense. I want you to listen to this. We're going to go back to Joshua, Exodus 33, 11. And we're like, how did, how did Joshua get this promotion? How did we know that Joshua's faith was going to be strong enough for this journey? Well, look what it says here. When he was being mentored, when his faith was growing, look what he did to grow his faith. It said this was a situation here that Moses is in the tent of meeting and he's spending time with God in prayer. It says, inside the tent of meeting, the Lord would speak to Moses face to face as one speaks to a friend. Stop right there. God still does that today. But look where Moses put himself for that to happen. And I just wonder if we are putting ourselves into position for God to speak to us like a friend. God wants to do that. But then check this out. So then afterward, Moses would return to the camp. So he was done with his prayer time. He was like, okay, I, I got to get back to work. Listen to what happens. But the young man who assisted him, Joshua, the son of Nun, he would remain behind in the tent of meeting. What was he doing? He was getting strong. He was growing strong in his faith. Joseph developed the daily growth habits that made his faith grow, grow strong. Again, we're going to talk about that next month here, but let's continue on here. Now, now that Moses, our Joshua, is moving forward in this, in this role, he's accepted this, God gives him a little bit more clarity on the direction about becoming strong. He says, listen, you, you, you need to really focus in on some things here. And he says, I want you to be careful to obey all the instructions that Moses gave you. I do not want you to deviate from them, uh, turning either to the left or to the right. Then you will be successful in everything you do. I want you to study this book of instruction. And I want you to do it continually. I want you to meditate on it day and night so you'll be sure to obey everything written in this book. And then you will prosper and succeed in all you do. 
I'm telling you, what he was saying to Joshua is with is for us today. And at the bottom line, again, in order to be strong, you have to get strong. And we just take what Joseph did. What did he do? Or Joshua, Joseph spent daily time with God. He spent daily time in God's word. If you grow your faith strong, you've got to get strong. So God's direction for confronting our challenges, be strong. Be strong in your faith. Get strong in your faith. Number two, we need to be courageous in our steps. God said to Joshua, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged. Now, now courage, it's not, it's not the absence of fear. Everybody says, you know, when you're courageous, like you don't have any fear. That's the, I don't think that's true. But you're just not letting fear to con- control you. You're not letting fear win. It's like when you recognize when fear is around, like, no, 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 no fear. You don't win. No, 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 God wins in this. So instead of confronting our challenge, we, it's, in, it's confronting our challenges with boldness and confidence, even in the midst of fear. It's an attitude. Courage is an attitude of the heart. It's, a, it's an attitude that says, I'm going to obey even when this doesn't make sense. Do you, how many of you realize obeying God takes courage? Obeying God's word takes courage. It's not always easy, but it's saying, no, no, I, I know I, I'm afraid in this, but fear is not going to conquer me. You know, when you go through Joshua's story, you see some crazy steps of courage. Let me go through this quickly. Remember, I was telling you about this Jordan River that is raging. It is in flood season. And God says, I want you to cross that river. All these thousands of people. God, you got to do something here. You got to help me out here. And God said, I want you to line everybody up and I want you to start marching. And as soon as the priest, the people in the very front at the very beginning, as soon as their feet touched the water, all of a sudden the water parted. That's crazy. That makes no sense to me at all. What do you believe? And the Bible says that as that water parted and they kept on marching, they kept on walking because those those steps of obedience, it's not easy. It's a challenge in front of them. God parted those waters and everybody walked on dry land. Steps of courage. Steps of courage. It says that when they got across that Jordan River on dry land, everybody got across and all of a sudden, that water came back again. What a challenge. I would love to see something like that happen again. Second challenge, Joshua faced. Now that they crossed the Jordan River, they have another challenge in front of them. They got these massive walls, and they got these warriors who are giants in front of them. How are they going to do that? And God says, I got a battle plan. It's a crazy battle plan. Are you crazy? Are you courageous enough to follow this battle plan? God, I'm ready to do it. He goes, I want you to march around that city. I want you to march, and I want you to have a band playing, (laughs) and I want you to trust me. And so he followed each and every day, and then when the the last day, God said, we're going to do this seven times. Put on your marching shoes. Seven times. And that wall went down at the seventh time. God brought those walls down. God brought defeat on those enemies. These steps of faith courageous faith. You see, the alternative, the alternative 
is to allow fear to paralyze us because that's what fear does, right? The alternative is like, I'm afraid. And it's kind of that, that paralysis of analysis. I, I can't figure it out. And, and, and so I'm just gonna stay in this place. And for some of you, you have been in this place for way too long. The Apostle Paul tells us this, you have been given everything that you need. He says this in 2 Timothy 1.7, for God has not given you a spirit of fear and timidity. But God has given you all that you need. He has given you power. He's given you love. And he has given you self discipline. Remember that that courage is not the absence of fear. It is confronting your fears with faith. I love the I love the story of David. David understood this all too well. Look at how David, if you read his story, you read the book of Psalms. I mean, it is up and down and up and down. But listen to how he, a man after God's own heart, listen to how he confronted his fears. Psalm 56, three and four, it says, but when I'm afraid, David says, when I'm afraid, how many of you, you have fear sometimes? When you are afraid, I will put my trust in you, God. I praise God for what he's promised. I trust God. So, so why should I be afraid? What can mere man do to me? What does he do? When he's afraid, he gives praise to God. Because if he did it before, he can do it again. God, I give you praise. I give you all glory. Number two, I trust God in my challenges. And number three, I stop worrying about what other people think or what other people can do. I stop worrying about other people. I love the imagery that David gives us here in Psalm 37. He says, the Lord directs the steps of the godly. He delights in every detail of their lives. And though they stumble, they will never fall, for the Lord holds them by the hand. I love that. You know, it gives me the imagery, my, my, my dad my dad was a big man, and he had some big bear paw hands. And I knew when I was younger and my brothers were picking on me, because I've shared with you before, I was the victim in the family. <laughs> my brothers were messing with me. All I had to do was just get to dad. And when I was with dad, all was well. It was safe. Those big brothers, I'd stick my tongue out of my brothers. Brothers watching online right now. <laughs> <laughs> Five hundred miles away, hmm. I knew I was safe because God was with me. God is with me. All right, God's direction for facing our challenge: be strong by getting strong. Be courageous in your steps. And the last thing I think what God is trying to tell Joshua is: be fully dependent on God. Joshua nine: For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. So why would you not be fully dependent on God? I love the words of the serenity prayer. Some of you, you've memorized that. The serenity prayer, how's it go? It's like, Lord, give us courage to change what we can. You do your part. And contentment on what I can't. And common sense to know the difference. I love that. One more story here. Second Chronicles 32, there's another leader, King Hezekiah. And this invading army is coming his way. Talk about a challenge. 
And he's looking at his ragtag group of bunch and he's like, oh man, this, the Assyrians, they're, they're a wicked bunch. They know their stuff. But he says, I'm gonna choose faith. I'm not gonna choose fear to realm, but I'm gonna choose faith. And so he chooses faith and he goes and prays and then he comes to his troops and he says, listen guys, listen to me. And he kind of repeats the words that God gave to Joshua. He says, I want you, listen to me, everybody, gather around here. He says, I want you to be strong and courageous. This is a moment to be strong and courageous. For some of you, in this moment of Christmas season, it's a time for you to be strong and courageous in your challenge. He says, I don't want you to be afraid or discouraged because of that king of Assyria or his mighty army. For there is far, for there is a power far greater on our side. Do you hear that this morning? There is a there is a power that's far greater than the challenge that you're facing today. And he may have a great army, but they are merely men. Listen to this. He says, "We have the Lord our God to help us and to fight our battles for us." Can we give a, a shout out to God this morning? We have a God who's on our side. And you know what he was telling them? He was telling them, listen, guys, we're going to fight this battle, but let's let go and let God. Let's let go and let God show up. And you know what happened in verse 21? And the Lord, so he says that Hezekiah and his prophets, and they went and they prayed. And they said, God, we're letting go and we're letting you. So verse 21, and the Lord sent an angel who destroyed the Assyrian army with all his commanders and officers. I don't know how God does these things, but I believe it. And I believe if he did it back then, he still does it today. Matter of fact, I have some evidence of that. I have, five years ago, five, six years ago, listening to this podcast, somebody I like to listen to, and he's talking about this thing called a five-year journal. And what it is, is I, 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 take, I take a normal day and I, I divide it up and, 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 and I just, seven lines I have to write what happened in, during that day. I go to the next day and then I come back the next year, seven lines, next year, next year, next year, five years, five years of challenges. Five years of victories, five years of God help me, (laughs) five years of like, God, did you just really do that? Five years of God, thank you for showing up. I I just can't believe it, five years, I'm telling you, I I, I challenge you, this would be a great Christmas present. And and, and so what I'll do is when I, before I'll read, before I read, or before I write down what happened during that day, I read what happened, what God has done throughout the years. And man, God has done a lot of things in my life throughout the years. And it just seemed the past three years during Christmas time. We faced one of our biggest challenges. We were going through a personal challenge ourselves. There were, uh, and I, Simplify it. There were things in our lives that were broken, things that were undealt with in our lives. I had this P 
piece of glass. And, and because we were broken, our marriage started to show up in our marriage. And it started to show up in our ministry. And it was turning into dysfunction junction. Anybody relate to that? We were broken. Pieces falling off of us and it was getting worse. And so we made a decision. We needed to stop. We needed to let go of ministry. We needed to let go of pastoring a church. Probably the most difficult thing, we're pastoring a church for 12 years, seeing it grow and just really take off and just, we needed to surrender the thing that we were clinging to. We thought, well, maybe we just keep working harder at ministry, our problems will go away. And the more we tried, the more we tried to fix ourselves, it just wasn't working. And so what we needed to do is we needed to let go. We needed to resign our church. And we needed a season to take our broken pieces and give them to God and surrender that pain that we were going through. Talk about challenge probably the hardest thing I've ever done. And so we gave to God our broken pieces and we went through a season of focus. We just didn't focus on church people anymore. We didn't focus on building a church. We focused on us. We focused on God. And one of the, the greatest things, sometimes you'll see us up here, and I'm sorry if it gets really obnoxious, but you'll see us hugging all over each other during worship time, because that's what we did. We just went to church. We went to this really big church where nobody knows us, and we just held each other. Oh. And what God began to do is he took these broken pieces that I've showed to you, and he began to form something beautiful. He began to heal, he began to renew, and he began to restore. And what we did is we learned how to allow him to lead. We needed to become, as God was telling Joshua, we needed to become dependent on God. We learned that far too long we were dependent on ourselves and whenever you are dependent on yourselves to fix your challenges or your problems you always wind up more broken we learn how to do this. still learning today by the way it's it's an ongoing process but i love what god has done in us i love because he takes broken pieces and he renews and he restores and so that's why David tells us, he says, I, for those who are facing challenges, I want you to commit everything. He says here, commit everything you do to the Lord. Commit all your broken pieces, your hurt, your challenges. I want you to commit all of them to the Lord. And I want you to trust him. And he will help you. He will, he will take broken pieces and renew it to something better than new. So this morning, 
Christmas season. Lots of challenges out there. Lots of challenges that you're facing. Some of them are the biggest challenges you've ever faced in, in your life. I want to tell you this. I want to give you some direction that, that God gives to Joshua. I think it's for us. I want to encourage you, church. Those who are online, I want to encourage you to be strong. Put yourself in position to get strong. I want to encourage you to be courageous in your steps. And last of all, I want you to be dependent on God for everything. But that takes surrender. And maybe you're here today and you have never surrendered your life to Jesus. That's where it begins. Maybe you're watching online. You've never surrendered your life to Jesus. First step. You can't bypass it. That's where it begins. If you want to surrender your life to Jesus today, you want to surrender your challenge to him today, I'm going to ask you to just follow along in this prayer. If we just bow our heads right now in a moment of privacy, those who are watching online, just pray along with me. Just say, God, I need you. I'm facing this challenge today and I've been facing it without you. Today, I'm choosing to face it with you. I'm asking you to take these broken pieces of my life and restore them and renew them. God, I'm choosing today to run to you instead of running from you. Choosing to follow you as Lord and Savior of my life. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. The Bible says if you have just chosen to follow Jesus as Lord and Savior of your life, you know those angels that showed up with with the shepherds to announce God's glory? They said that that same angels, that same crowd rejoice. That same crowd rejoice when you gave your heart to Jesus. Can we just rejoice with the angels today in Jesus' name? Church, I want to encourage you. Let's not walk in fear anymore. Let's not walk in defeat. Be strong in your faith. Believe. Be courageous in your steps. Let God lead you. Be dependent on God for everything. So Lord, I pray in Jesus' name, all of the challenges that are in this room, all the challenges those who are watching online that are being confronted, strongholds broken in Jesus' name, challenges defeated, hearts restored, marriages renewed in Jesus' name, bodies healed miraculously in Jesus' name we pray. In Jesus' name, and everyone said, Amen. Let's give God praise for what he's going to do this Christmas season.